Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind. Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. We're back for hour two of On the Block, diving back into the NBA trade deadline here momentarily. A couple things from the text line, 402-464-5685 to get to. Notorious B.I.B. is coming at me saying, dang it, Austin, you made the question harder than I thought you would. <laughs> I thought it was fair. I mean, it wasn't a layup, but you just think through it a little bit. That's all it was. Yeah, that's it. It's all good. Um, and then John and Cortland, appreciate you chiming in. Have a great night as well. Our friend, big thanks to Wade. We saw you text in. You're on the YouTube stream as well. Wade told us that Keona Wilhite did officially commit to Nebraska. A couple quick notes on that. That's a pretty big deal. He was a guy that was originally committed to Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, Kalen DeBoer said at the time, I feel like moving into the Big Ten, these are the types of guys you absolutely want on the football field and want to be recruiting. Okay, cool. Kalen DeBoer, good eye for talent. Wanted this guy as a member of his uh, first Big Ten Washington team, but then he jumps to Alabama. Okay. Keona Wilhite at one point was a pretty strong lean to UCLA. What happens there? Chip Kelly starts talking with the Seattle Seahawks to be their offensive coordinator. Wilhite's thought was, I saw that and I thought, oh, this is going to be another Washington situation. So on the one hand, maybe he settled for what was his third choice in Nebraska. But what I think Keona Wilhite's going to find here at Nebraska Strick is stability. Stability. And yep. that's, it sounds like that's huge for this young man where he doesn't have to worry about, is my coach staying? Is he leaving? Um, is he going to you know, do the Jim Harbaugh, talk to NFL teams every cycle? Say what you will about Matt Rule and the staff, but they seem like stability and loyalty are very high up on their list of you know desired traits for what they want their program to be. He has six years left, so you can just look at the contract and see that. <laughs> it's trending upwards, mm-hmm. so you can see that there's growth development you're you're seeing a lot of guys in retention mm-hmm. you're not seeing just this crazy turnover in in your program so there if you're a young man and that's what you're looking for absolutely you you can put your eyes on Nebraska and see that in year two it's some form of progression you're seeing growth you're seeing you're on the verge you're you're on the brink you're knocking at the door you've got all these things going for you mm-hmm. and so that's a positive that you can look at uh, so that will basically round out the signing class for Nebraska football in, in recruiting class number two for Matt Rule, who is at the podium right now. 
Make sure you're listening to us. We'll maybe get an update from Nick Sainert, who's there. Follow along with Nick on Twitter for that. We're going to dive back into the NBA trade deadline here, Strick. Um, Just kind of chronologically, from about midnight this morning till where we stand now with the day and change left before the trade deadline. Uh, 12.45 Central Time this morning, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said the Atlanta Hawks do not appear to have an offer for DeJounte Murray. That would give them multiple first-round picks. Their best return package for DeJounte Murray might apparently only include a young player or an expiring contract and one first-round pick. Is that a fair return for Atlanta? Do you understand why they want more? Just how good of an asset and player is DeJounte Murray in this trade deadline cycle? Uh, DeJounte Murray is is a player that I don't believe necessarily moves the needle for them, but his contract is settled. It's not crazy. He, he shows the capability of being a 3 and D guy. Mm-hmm. Not so much in, in Atlanta, but... In San Antonio, you saw it. Mm-hmm. So you know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just not asked of him to do it in another place. Uh, but his skill set, ability to play similar style, just has a little bit more craftiness, shiftiness, uh, abilities in Austin Rivers, potentially. If you keep both of them, you're, 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 you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the draft capital works. In in a sense, I think it's it's going to require Austin Reeves. I mm-hmm. think it's just going to it's going to be one of those things that at the end of the day it's going to require Austin Reeves. And so I don't know for sure if it gets done. The next move I think is they're going to be looking at LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a lot of takers for the flop. But, oh, I mean I mean LeBron. <laughs> Jay's not on. You can get away um, with saying that. So I don't know if there's a lot of takers for that right now. But you're probably best asset if you're trying to just unload and figure it out is Anthony Davis. Who's played phenomenal basketball this year. If you're the Hawks, we'll get back to the Lakers in just a sec. Are you looking to try to make a a run into the playoffs or are you maybe even trying to sell off Trey Young potentially and kickstart a rebuild again? I think that's true too. I think that's something that they're probably trying to look at as well. Um, Trey Young's not someone that's going to take you to the promised land. If Trey Young is your one or two, um, if mm-hmm. he's your three right now, his listen, his numbers are phenomenal. This is probably his best year by mm-hmm. by way of his numbers and his productivity. Mm-hmm. Probably should have been an all star. The snub is not as much drama. A, yeah, the snub and all of that that comes with it. That's something just to you have to just look at. I mean, but there's nothing in them that moves them. I think they, their last run was when they went to the, the conference finals and they were mm-hmm. on the brink of it. And I don't think Trey Young gets you there. I think if he's your third option, like a third player, he makes way too way mo- more money than that. This is why it's going to be tough to do because it's going to require minimum four teams mm-hmm. to get it done with with draft. With it's going to it's going to be a minimum of four four or five teams to get that deal done with a Trey Young. That's the way I see it. And the more teams you add, the longer it's going to take to get a deal done. I, mean, I know conference calling exists, but that's still a lot of moving parts. While we're on DeJounte Murray here real quick, um, The Athletic is saying that the Lakers are one of six teams that they would see as a fit for him. Here are the other five that they give, Stricky: Golden State, Miami, Brooklyn, the Knicks, 
in Orlando. Who's that? For DeJounte Murray. Golden State, Miami, Brooklyn, the Knicks, and Orlando. I don't know if I see how Miami gets that done. I think Orlando has enough talent, but you'd probably need to, again, remove Trey Young also. Mm-hmm. You probably need to do a revamp because they just, they're so guard heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably throw in one of the Wagners. Uh, it'd that, be Mo. You're keeping Franz. You know what I mean? He's really good. Yeah. You have to throw probably in one of the Wagners, and then you're not getting Bancaro. You're not getting anybody like that. But the guards, if you want to do that, kind of unload, no crazy salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make it happen with Orlando. And then um, I don't see why it would even make sense with Golden State. It's just they're too guard heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Mo. I think I think what they have, you know, go with Kaminga, help those young fellas to develop, and Pazinski. Mm-hmm. Let they let them Moody. develop. Yeah, mm-hmm. we let them develop and and just see how it goes. I know it may be frustrating for obviously for Steph Curry, but at the end of the day, that's probably the move. While we're on the topic of the Magic, uh, Brad, our resident Magic fan on the text line, says Trey Young to Orlando. You do not want to introduce that there. You do not want to introduce Trey Young no. to, to that culture. Like you've said all year, they need guard help. And Woj is reporting the same thing. The Magic have been active in trade talks, trying to bolster their guard rotation. Uh, Brian Windhorst is also in on that. It makes sense that the Magic want a better guard than what they have. Jalen Suggs is playing all right. Markel Fultz is on an expiring deal for $17 million. He had a little bit of a resurgence. But if you can package, you know, Suggs, Fultz, and a Wagner, or whatever it takes to match salary for DeJounte Murray... I think Murray would be better for that locker room and that team than Trey Young would be. I agree. I agree. I mean, there's really not much to elaborate on that. I just, I think culturally he's a better fit. I mean, the reason is, is you you know that's the case. I mean, you just can't play in San Antonio and be cancerous. Right. Even if you were cancerous, you weren't <laughs> while you were there. Right. You, you may have afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um. Let's go and stick in the East. The Toronto Raptors could move Bruce Brown at the deadline. Uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, he says they're weighing multiple offers, but Woj is thinking, Strick, that the Raptors hold on to Bruce Brown for the rest of the year and look to move him either around the draft or over the summer. He has a player option for 2024-2025. That, I think, would, would throw a wrench in some of that stuff. Does he opt into that for kind of a sign-and-trade sort of deal, or does he opt out to be a free agent again? If you're Toronto... Do you try to get value for Bruce Brown in case he opts out? Or do you play it out and see if you can get him to pick up that player option and go from there? Well, when you look at Bruce, right, I think you've got you've to look at it from a standpoint of what has he been able to be for you, right? Mm-hmm. He comes with some pedigree, some winning pedigree in, 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 in some ways, right? But at the end of the day, his numbers aren't going to blow you away. They're, all, they're okay. They're basic. And... He's a good role guy for you, but do you want to do you want to take that in? I think I think he's best suited for high level playoff teams because you're you're he's going to play defense. If you're Denver, do you try to trade yeah, for him again? Yeah, you might you might bring him back if you can. But the problem is is how will it affect their chemistry? Who do they have that they would need to give up in order to make it happen? Um because you're already teetering on apron too. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if that that actually works, but that can happen sometimes. I mean, we saw it happen with Golden State when they brought back Gary Payton second. And, mm-hmm. You know, it can happen. But at the end of the day, I don't know if he moves the needle for them, but it just would be a natural fit because he's comfortable there. He understands everything that's going on. Uh, let's go out to the Eastern Conference and Philadelphia. So Brian Windhorst is saying he would expect Philadelphia to make one to three trades before Thursday. Of course, the big news out of Philadelphia is Joel Embiid uh, with his left knee surgery. He'll clean up procedure on the meniscus out for a few more weeks yet. Uh, Windhorse also said that Philadelphia would try to acquire players who have expiring contracts mm-hmm. or non-guaranteed money for 24-25. Philly wasn't one of those teams we mentioned that was above the second apron, but with the maxi extension, Tobias Harris' it's money, and Bede, they're right there. So adding a big-name player probably won't happen. But Strick, here's the thing. Phil- Philadelphia's problem has never been star power. It's always been the depth and getting kind of run out of the gym when the stars disappear because other guys can't pick up the slack. They're now as of late, you've got a good contract with like a pet bev. Mm. He's been playing pretty good at in spurts and spots. I mean, he's only killing you at two two million dollars. Um, but there's really not anyone on that team that the one that's really hurting you is Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost forty million dollars for just an average player. I mean, not even on Chris Middleton's level. Brad Again, Magic fan says he wants Tobias Harris back in Orlando. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not for that. No, you don't. Um, there's really not anyone on that team that really blows you, your mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they've they've got to figure out how to get depth, but I don't know where it comes from. I mean, you could do some things like that, but they're just going to be a basic team to me. They're not going to be <laughs> anyone that – they're not going to be a team that's going to – Overwhelming, especially with Embiid. Now watch how, if they're able to sustain it, or how far they fall down the the list in the in the Eastern Conference. Like right now, they're at five. Mm-hmm. See how far they fall, depending because Joel Embiid. Now, now look, Tyrese Maxey can go to a whole nother level. Maybe Tobias Harris steps up. I don't have a clue, but at this point, uh, we just it could be a free fall for uh, Philly. And it, 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 I wouldn't do anything else. I would just mm-hmm. try to. See where the free fall lands. See if we can require acquire something in free agency. Allow Tobias Harris's forty, and then go and try to add that depth that you've been missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wouldn't try to make any crazy moves if I'm Philly. If I told you there was a four way tie for first place in the Western Conference, who who would you say those four teams are? Um, four way tie in the Western Conference. You saying for first place? For first place. You've got to have Denver. Denver. Um. Uh, West, Denver, Phoenix. It is not Phoenix. Phoenix is in sixth right now. Um, Den- oh, Denver, Minnesota. Yep. Um, who else is in the East? Phoenix. We need the West. Dallas. I mean the West. Uh, boom. Pelicans not. Six hours south. Oh, Oklahoma City. Yep. And you're missing um, the surprise team that we're going to talk about here. Utah Jazz? It is not the Jazz. Your boy. Dallas Mavericks? Your boy T. Lou's Clippers. Oh, wow. Nine and one in their last ten. Oh, they're balling. Tied for first place in the West. He revived and revamped his his situation because they were starting to... 
Mm-hmm. They were starting to have uh, Doc Doc Rivers concerns about him. Okay, go ahead. We talked about them last year, adding Russell Westbrook to the mix. Neither you or I liked that move. James Harden out there as well. Tehran has found the perfect mix. They found a great balance. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Uh, Kawhi is quietly playing some of the best basketball of his career, actually playing back-to-backs sometimes again. Not looking to make a big splash this time, but we mentioned them as a second apron team looking to offload P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker has a good reputation as a locker room guy, kind of versatile piece, getting up there in terms of NBA age. Do you think Tucker finds his way to a contender, kind of playing the role he did for the Bucks in the Heat in the finals? Or do you think the Clippers are just going to offload him wherever they can to get rid of that 11 mil? I think I think he's digressed enough. And the fact that he has a player option that ah. he's going to opt in on, uh, he, he's not going to turn that money down. Um, they, they have no choice but to try to find a suitor or you're actually stuck with P.J. Tucker and then you get to next year and you just wave him. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think he's... He's not the same. He's not the same. PJ Tucker. He's not shooting the same. He's not. He's not playing with the same defensive level that. Um, what's his name? Um, that was with Boston. That's now in Dallas. Uh, Grant Williams. No, he's not him. No. You see him. If he was like Grant, then I would say okay, stick it out. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's not Grant at this particular time. Um, under the radar move. That's a lot of money to take on just for that. For that. Right. Uh, the. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jazz are trading Simone Fantecchio to the Detroit Pistons. Never heard of that guy before. Good for him. Let's dive into the Warriors here for a sec, Strick. We, we mentioned them with DeJounte Murray, but uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has said on SportsCenter that the Warriors may put off some of the toughest roster decisions until the offseason. Um, they'll mm-hmm. remain active in trade talks. Uh, it'll be 2 p.m. tomorrow is the trade deadline. Um, but Woj is saying that Golden State's best chance to improve this team at the deadline is from within. Playing the young guys you mentioned, the Podzemskis, the Kamingas, the Moody's. Is that the right course of action for Golden State to stay the course, let the chips fall where they may, and reevaluate in the offseason with a young GM? Or would you like to see Mike Dunleavy Jr. try to make that splash and try to make something of the season where they currently sit in 11th in the West? I I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you've you just recently re-signed um, um, Draymond Green. So... That's you're stuck with Draymond because unless LeBron or LaFlop wants him to come somewhere with him, <laughs> that's on stuck. But you're not going to get that because LeBron wants to play with his son, which I still don't think is an NBA player. Uh, you guys miss me with that one. Not after one year. No. Give him time. No. Yeah. In, in time. But um, the only one I think... See, here's the thing, and, and, and it's not a conspiracy, but this is something just to really ponder. Clay Thompson, he still can play. I think it depends on the type of team mm. where he's not required to guard some of the better players, where he can stand more, just run to spots, and just shoot. See, the offensive style of Golden State can wear you down. 
because it's so much freaking movement. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of movements, a lot of coming off screens. It's a lot of action. And that can wear you out for an older leg player with multiple injuries and Achilles and multiple knees mm-hmm. that have been, that can wear you out. So I think if he got with a team to where he can be spot up guy, it's worth pondering a, a, an opportunity for trade. Hmm. Who that is, I don't know. Um, Dallas needs too much. I was going to say possibly Dallas. And because it's going to be an unloaded contract, mm-hmm. you don't have to keep him. Mm-hmm. But to have that kind of potential dead eye shooting with you ain't got a handle, you ain't got to just stand over here, <laughs> let Kyrie work, and let uh, Luca twerk. And <laughs> let Kyrie work and Luca twerk and you just shoot, my boy. I tell people that all the time. You, I got five good minutes for you standing in the corner. That's all I got. I play mm-hmm. five good, strong, hard defensive minutes, and I, I'm go sit down somewhere. Yeah, call it a day. Give him, give him where he could play 25, 20 minutes with that type of action where mm-hmm. you don't got a handle. You just stand over there. And wait for it. Mm-hmm. He could be dangerous. I like that. Couple things here on the text line before we keep moving on uh, for some of the ESPN reporting here. Travis is asking. Uh, first of all, Travis, thanks for finding your way to the show. You came in at a good time. Uh, thoughts on what the Sixers should do? What Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting they are trying to do is they're trying to be aggressive, not for a big name star, um, but. He says they're in the market for one to three trades for expiring guys or non-guaranteed 24-25 money. That's what they're trying to do. Is that what they should do, Strick? Um, it looks like that's what they could do. Mm-hmm. What they should do or not, I'm not going to say that that's the case. I think, mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, they've been in super tank modes for so many years <laughs> that they've been able to kind of get to the place that they are made some bad decisions in the meantime, in between time. But in the East, without Embiid, at this point, there's nothing really you can do. There's not a center that's going to be able to, that's going to be in a backup role that you're going to be able to acquire. Not trained for Jokic. Yeah, you're not getting that. So you're done there. You've already got crazy. There's no one taking Tobias Harris, potentially. Mm -hmm. Because really... Tobias Harris at the salary, even with an expiring contract, does nothing for you. He doesn't move no. He doesn't move a needle for you unless you just say, "I just want the money," mm. right? But you can just allow that to just pass on. Work with what you got, and you know, see where it is. Why would you want to unload some of your talent? Because what to get Tobias, you're going to need a high level player and multiple uh, mid level guys a high-level player or a young talent with some good money, couple mid-level guys, and maybe some draft. Why would you want to give up that for Tobias Harris and the money? That makes no sense to me. So it doesn't make any sense. They don't have anything really, and they're not giving up Tyrese Maxey. That's not happening. There's nothing really they have that can offer. We'll get back to the trade deadline talk right now, though. We're going to send it out live to Radio Row in Las Vegas. We've got Jake Sorensen and... Jay Foreman standing by on Radio Row. Fellas, what's good? How we doing? Good. How you doing, boss? What's popping, man? It's uh, another day at Radio Row. We got DeAndre Carter here from the Raiders. Sir. Welcome, my brother. Appreciate right. you having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. I, you know, obviously, we're in Las Vegas. Yep. Obviously, you're Raiders. Um, 
I want to ask, I played with Antonio Pierce. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, I've seen him coach, and I, I know him, you know, obviously just as good as you. Yeah. Tell me what it's like to play for him, and what was the change, right? right. I know, look, it's not, look, we're, we've been in the locker room. It's professional. For sure. for sure. It's business is business. Yeah. But it seemed different when he came in there. Tell us about that locker room, how it changed overnight. It was a de- definitely a culture shift. Um, and I think really what it was is AP allowed us to go in there and allowed us to be ourselves, you know what I'm saying, allow, allow our personalities to show. He treated us like grown men, you right. know what I'm saying. And when when you get afforded that type of that type of trust, you know, right. you want to make sure you do right by it, you know what I'm saying. Right. And we knew what the situation was when AP became the intern. We knew we wanted, we wanted him to stay, you know, past intern, right. you know what I'm saying. So we made sure. You know, we did it right and made it look right, you right. know, for the, for the people upstairs. Right. And talk about, I know you you went to Sacramento State, right? Yes, sir. So that's, uh, you know, obviously where the Raiders used to be, yep. right? So talk about it. Growing up, did you grow up as a Raiders fan? So I actually, I grew <laughs> up a Niner fan. You're not in there. You go, I, I knew it. There it is. I grew up a Niner fan, but my entire family, family is Raiders. Raider fan. Right. So it was a it was a dope it, opportunity to be able to come and play for my, my family's home, you know, my family's team. Right. And, uh, I grew up going to games at the Coliseum, right. at, at the Oakland Coliseum and stuff like right. that. Uh, so it was definitely a, a great experience for me and something cool for me and my family. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about what it's like to play for the Raiders now they're in Las Vegas. Yeah. And people always thought that all the Raiders fans wouldn't travel. Yeah. Listen, my mom lives here. They come deep. They, they come deep. They come and deep. Talk, talk about Raider Nation because I, I don't think people really understand yeah. the way Raider Nation travels. I always say they roll like a gang, and well, they for real about for, it. For real about Talk it. about it like as a professional athlete getting off a plane yeah. at a away game, yeah. let alone at a home game, knowing that you got Raider Nation backing you up. Oh, yeah. We go on the road. You get out, Like you said, you got the plane or pull up to the hotel. It's Raider fans lined up outside right. the hotel door and everything like that. Like you said, man, Raider, Raider Nation travels deep. Bro. And uh, they definitely they made their way out to Vegas, man. And we feel the love every time we go out there on Sunday, and, you know, we strap it up for sure. Yeah, one thing I want to ask about you, man, you know, obviously, you know, Coming in the league, yep. finding your way, finding your niche, that's the hard thing. Thanks. And then finding an organization that appreciates your skill set. Right. Talk about that process because that usually makes or breaks a guy. And I yep. think when, you, when I followed your career and obviously seeing you do it, to stick to it in this, then you feel at home, yep. and then it shows out on the field. Right. So talk about having an organization and a head coach in Antonio Pierce, mm-hmm. right, because he had the yep. same kind of path right. that he appreciated. Talk about how that is as a player uh, because sometimes that's, that's hard to come by. Yeah, I think that's uh, – and for guys earlier in, on your, in your career, I feel like that's a tough part. You know right. what I'm saying? Like everybody who coming to the NFL came from a team where they was a guy. You right. know what I'm saying? They was the best player. They was the star, uh, you know, whatever team they was on. So it's a little bit of a transition period when you come into – you get on a team, you get in a locker room, and everybody is that guy. Right. Right? And so finding, like you said, finding your role, finding your niche, finding your way to stick around the league is – one of the most important things right. for sure um, but it's not easy you know what right. i'm saying it's not easy and not not everybody is able to to do that you know what i'm saying and me being you know i came up you know in college with receiver and you know used to putting up all these yards and right. touchdowns and stuff and then i could get to the league and i'm kind of uh put into you know the returner box you know what right. i'm saying which i i love doing don't get me wrong i love doing it um but having having to find that that niche and right. realizing that this like this right here, this area you of your paid. game is how you get paid. Right, right. It's how you provide for your family. And, right. and like being able to realize that and take that kind of approach and mindset to it is definitely key in being able to be successful. And, and for me, you know, I, I knew earlier in my career, and I, even though I ended up starting, yeah. you know, we used to call it the kickback league. You know, <laughs> we, hey, you kick it back off punt team, yeah. and we tried to tackle guys <laughs> like you, which right. I didn't have a chance. You know, me and you in the open field, I'm waiting for the Calvary yeah, to get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was it or what situation was it where it clicked early for you? 
because I think that's what's, what really, you know, hurts, you know, guys yeah. coming in. You might not have a mentor right. or it might have. I had a veteran tell me, hey, you better get used to working on the special team. Yeah. Defense is just a cherry on top. Right. Talk about that because it is different. Yes. Because what you do on offense, you know, everybody gets hyped about the preseason, right. catching the catches. Yeah. But that's just a cherry on top right. versus now you're going to get paid as a returner. Yeah, and then when you get your chance. Yeah. Then you, you get double paid. Yeah, talk money. about yeah. that. Yeah, so for me, I would say my first, my rookie year, my first team I went to, I was undrafted out of Sacramento State. I went to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and I had the pleasure of playing with Steve Smith. Um, right, nice. Was, it was, and it was dope for me because he was one of my idols growing up. I'm, right. I'm five eight and a half. Right. He's, you know, undersized, you know, per se. Right. Um, so I looked up, looked up to him growing up, and he started off the same way. He was a return specialist when he right. first got in the league. Um, and then evolved to the receiver and stuff like that. But being able to hand, sat, sat down with him and he kind of broke it down for me, like, you know, the way, especially back then, the way our receiver room was, you know, it was going to be tough to make a team. And I, I didn't end up making the team, but um, he's like, bro, you got to just return and stuff. Like, this is it. If you could do it and you can be good at it, like, you can play in this league a long time. Right. Not everybody not everybody can do it. Not everybody right. willing to go back there, and, you know what I'm saying, and, and look, look dead up in the sky right. while people, you know, running <laughs> at you trying to take your head off, you know what right. I'm saying? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I, I would say Steve Smith kind of, you know, put me on game in terms right. of the special teams yeah. and stuff like that. And he so. was a great returner. That's great how he kind of yeah, made exactly. his mark. And exactly. so the one thing I don't think people really uh, realize is, uh, you know, no offense, take it. I think returners got to be a little crazy. You got to be. I love it. No offense taking that off. Because, the, you know, whether it's me, you know, when I play 240 pounds or them safeties that yeah. can run a lot faster than me. We coming down there with bad intentions. Bad intentions. And if somebody that's supposed to be a gunner or a hold-up guy has a bad day. It's, it, you, it's, you, it's ugly you, for me. It's talk ugly. about the mindset because I think the willingness to be a returner, everybody like, can do it. I can go back to return and practice. Yeah. But doing it on the big stage, yeah. 80,000 people, knowing that it's game time, talk about the mentality because you have to go to another place. Yeah. To be as, as successful as you are. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of get on the head. A little crazy. You know, yeah. a little crazy. But I – I look at it. You got to be a dog. You yeah. know what I'm saying. You got that mentality. It's got to be. It's got to be fearless. It's got to be. You know, this is like I said. How I right. take care of my family. You right. know what I'm saying. So uh, it's got to be no fear for sure. No hesitation back there. Um, you got to. You got to have a dog mentality because, right. like you said, it's. it's Dudes, two fifty, running four three, for two fifty nowadays. Or them defensive ends, you know, yeah, three, or yeah. a two eighty DN yeah. that yeah. can run, that's coming running down there trying to hit you. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, you got to you got to be like I like the word. You, you got to be a little crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah I, I, I hope so. because yeah, yeah, I, I ain't crazy <laughs> enough to go back there. I want to ask you, man, being here I, yep. when I played in Houston, you know, there was a Super Bowl. Yep. What's your week like being a Raider? And I mean, the excitement that you guys had the off season. It's not just Antonio Pierce. Right. It's your GM yep. and Richard, Richard Seymour, which yep. I think is a quiet as kept phenomenal hire right. because he bridges the gap between, you know, we are upstairs yeah. Yeah. and downstairs. And downstairs. But Richard Seymour is a straightforward dude. Yep. Talk about what this week is like for you being here in Las Vegas yeah, as a player. It's uh, I mean, we got obviously we here on Radio Row, right. you know, so we got, you know, you got a lot of uh, – you know, marketing opportunities right. such, and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm actually here uh, support, supporting the cause. Uh, I teamed up with NFL Alumni Health, and right. who who has also teamed up with Beyond Type One. Beyond right. Type One, uh, an organization that supports uh, Type One or that, you know, yeah, puts about Type One diabetes. Yeah. Um, and so, their 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 mission really is just to bring 
uh, awareness and just provide education to people uh, surrounding type 1 diabetes, uh, knowing, like, what signs to right. look for right. uh, so they can go and get screened pre, you know, having, you know, a, a bad you right. know, diagnosis or having a bad instance where they right. got to go to the ER and stuff like that. You know, different symptoms like, you know, uh, unquenchable thirst, frequent right. urination, uh, excessive weight loss and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm here, you know, supporting that cause. Yeah. You can find more information on that on beyondtype1.org. Right. Um, but all, but also to your question, uh, being here in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is in our city. It's a lot of motivation, bro. Right. It's yeah. a lot of motivation. Yeah, I was like, about to ask you about like that. Like you come and you see, and we got the Chiefs is at our facility. Right. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? The Chiefs at our facility, and uh, you know playing and playing in our home stadium and things right. like that, man. And how cool it would have been if we would have been able to been in this game. Right. Uh, you know, in our home city, but it's, it's a lot of motiv- motivation, man. I've right. been I've been watching Super Bowl since I was two, three years old, right. dreaming dreaming about you know playing in that game. So right. being here and being around the festivities, festivities and everything, man, is definitely a lot of motivation. Let, let me ask you, man. I know I'm gonna let you get get going. The rivalry, yeah, Chiefs Raiders. <laughs> oh yeah. boy, talk about that intensity. Because listen, man, I, it's serious. It's serious. Yeah. It's serious. Talk it's serious about sure. that. Talk here. Talk about Chief Week. Chief Week, okay. Yeah. Chief Week, Chief Week. It's uh, AP. Actually, we we beat we beat him on Christmas. Oh yeah. AP, AP had took a different approach than I've seen to our rivalry week for sure. He bought he. We walked in the building. It's Chief stuff everywhere, like on the walls. They got like fat heads. The ones right. you know, oh, little man. fat yeah. heads on the wall, like red on all the TVs and stuff like that, man. It's like, it's a real hatred there. You right. know what I'm saying? It's a real hatred. And I was like, that that game was definitely the most fun game that we had this season, in my opinion. Uh, that in the Chargers. But, yeah, on the road, too. Yeah, on, on the road, you know, and, you know, especially playing in Kansas City, it's a tough place to win. You know right. what I'm saying? And that, that stadium gets loud. Uh, and so the rivalry, obviously, is amplified in that in that, in that that moment. Um, but Chiefs Week, man, it's a – we we locked in on every week. Don't get right. me wrong, but Chiefs Week is a little a little bit extra film. Right. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. Got to bring out them Black Air Force ones. <laughs> we got to bring. Yeah. Hey, got Black Air Force. <laughs> Black Air Force activity only. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's Chiefs Week. You guys sure. could almost say that week was what sparked the Chiefs to get going. Get the, you guys I mean, beat them okay, yeah. in their home field and in they, Kansas City, they and they, they played very bit. well ever since. They then. got a great day. Don't get me wrong. They got a great team as like they have for the last few years, and they got a they top five defense. Oh you yeah. Anytime you got Pat, you got a shot for sure. So right. You know. You know, good luck to those boys in the game. They deserve to be there for sure. Good luck to those boys this weekend. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. That's all. all. Look, we're pulling for you. Uh, we know you're here supporting a great organization. Obviously, it's your hometown. Right. And but we support you. And yeah. we got a lot of Chiefs fans, but we got one, Jake Bakovin, who's a producer back in the studio. Okay. Is a diehard Raiders. Yes, fan. sir. Yeah, Nation. So, Raider Nation, yeah, yeah, stand yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah man. Raider Nation, we, stand we up. appreciate. It. We're gonna send it back to Austin and East Strick, yep. uh, Jay Foreman, Jake Sorensen, DeAndre Carter. We'll holler at you. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Yes, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.